This isn't a ransom. This is liquid gold. All right, where the beer is always cold, the soul's never sold. Welcome back to a summer edition of Liquid Gold right here on WeOwnThisTown.net, the We Own This Town podcast network. My name is Mike Wolf. And I'm Kenneth Dedman. Kenneth Dedman on the line from a little bit to the west and the south. You're, you're in the southwest, brother. How exotic of you. Uh, my, my name's Mike Wolf, coming a few neighborhoods over at the home studio here, Inglewood, Tennessee. This is a podcast about beverage. We talk about things you put in your glass and you drink. And what crazier time would you need a drink than this time? The days when the news only gets worse. Well, that depends on how you look at it, Mike. It's not <laughs> all bad, like... <laughs> actually, actually, the less you look at the news, the better the news is. There you go. That's a, in, y'all. that's a good parable. Thank you all for listening. You can find us on Instagram at liquidgold underscore pod. You can email us liquidgoldpod at gmail.com. And DM us. DM us. Talk some trash. We love that. Today on the show, some things we're going to be covering. We're going to be back in the garden, garden teened. They're shutting down more things in uh, in Tennessee and beyond. You might be in a state where they are going back to shutting some things down to th- due to the coronavirus with bars reopening, some things uh, reopening here in Nashville. There have been problems as, as a result of that. And we have plenty of friends and guests on this show who we can tell you people who have been on this show, they are not comfortable out there right now. They are not comfortable to be out there bartending and working but however there are plenty of owners and operators out there who are just fine with pushing the envelope and causing havoc i'm talking to kid rock and steve smith downtown downtown nashville painting a way different picture of this virus than uh, the rest of the country is these guys uh own plenty of property they're well off what the fuck what the fuck is it other than a political statement Get, get the fuck over it. Like, people are hurting. People are dying. The finer restaurant and bar employees remain either off work or extremely limited in their capacity at work. Just abide. Why can't you abide? The place has no food. Unfortunately, the place probably sells a shitload of food. And the place that you're talking about is Kid Rock's a Big Ass Bar. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's come. We'll come back to that. We will come back to that here on the show. We will talk a little bit about what's going on downtown Nashville because it's uh, it's a very different world down there than it is in other parts of the city. So we will talk about that. We will talk about being out in the garden and compost tea. We are going to focus on. That's basically the miracle grow that you can kind of brew at your house and uh, you can let that sit overnight. You can create beautiful liquid gold for your plants. So we will get into some of that and some of the garden teened content that I'm sure you've missed here in the last few weeks as we shifted back towards shots territory last time. The world is constantly changing around us. And we also want to talk about this moment that we find ourselves in reckoning with America's racist past and history. So we are going to touch on that. We don't consider ourselves to be a political podcast by any means. We see ourselves as sort of an escape from the uh, 
yeah, situations we find ourselves we're not, in? We're not exactly like an entity. Well, we um, talk about sitting on your porch and drinking and uh, making like, an old-fashioned yeah. home and uh, and also the professional that we work that we do in bars and restaurants. And uh, so we've we've had to shift what we're doing here, but we do want to respond to the moment, and we've got some things to talk about, about Nashville's past, Tennessee's past, as it pertains to whiskey. And um, because it's a rich history, it's a complicated history, and it's a tangled web that has been woven, and we are going to go over that here um, for the rest of the summer, as well as plenty of the shots content that we've got coming to you. So lots to cover today and beyond, uh, but Liquid Gold is here to provide some perspective to you and hopefully provide a little bit of an escape from the madness, but also we don't want to run from the moment and not talk about it. However, something we had on the calendar. That's well put, Mike. Something we had on the calendar here that we've been putting off and putting off, but we've. this is one of the great projects <laughs> that anyone could be assigned, and we assigned it to ourselves earlier this spring when we were getting our gardens going and we were starting to be outside and work. Kenneth and I talked about a while back, like, what's your favorite Pilsner? What's your favorite light lager? What's your favorite crushable summer beer? Is it a uh, macro beer? Is it a micro beer? Is it a a small run beer that's really hard to find. So we've got a few different uh, huge categories that we can put a lot of these beers into, but we're talking about Pilsners. So we've got a Pilsner roundup here for y'all. And this is something that we've been talking about, Kenneth and I, off mic, and in our uh, production Zoom meetings with Darren uh, over the last few months. And I have a clear winner for this sweepstakes. I figure instead of, so since we've done some counter-programming, we could do a little bit of that today, and I just want to get the first one out of the way. I'm not going to hold, I'm not going to hold people's attention. I'm not going to say, coming up next, the number one choice. I'm going to start off with it, and then you can hang with us through the rest of it. I started trying all these different Pilsners in the last few months. Of all these different Pilsners I've tried, which I'm going to get into some of the different, uh, flavors and different breweries that I've tried all over the world. But then my number one for this summer that I've been buying a lot from Woodland Winery, Woodland Wine Shop, is Bell's Lager of the Lakes, the Bohemian Pilsner. That's my winner here. They've been brewing beer in Michigan since 1985, uh, 100% family owned and uh, rooted in their community out there. They started out on a 15-gallon soup kettle, and um, they've got some breweries in uh, Kalamazoo, Comstock, and I'm talking about Bell's Brewery. You know, if you know beer and you like beer, you probably have seen it in Middle Tennessee. So it's tough to beat this beer. No, like any time that there is a brewery out of where they're from, it's got to be really freaking good or else it wouldn't be out of there. Yeah, it's a tough market up there. You got to be good up in Michigan to That's make it work. Re- no, it's one of the like the reddest states to export alcohol from. So it has to hit the margins higher than a lot of places. I don't care about that. All I want to say is that this beer is incredible, and the there's a ton of hops on the front end, yeah, but it just fades away. Dry. It's it's super dry. 
super dry on the finish, but also just light. I like that it's light and complex. One of those beers you can just kind of keep sipping on, and it goes with anything, and it's been my winner of summer so far. So that's the Bell's Lager of the Lakes. The other one I want to get into, which I just tried for the first time, it's just starting to come into Nashville. Just starting to come into Nashville from their brewery while in Tennessee, kind of near the uh, Smokies down there, outside of Knoxville, Blackberry Farms, New Pilsner, uh, which is just getting into the market here. Impressive, incredible. I really enjoyed it. Super uh, complex for a light Pilsner-style beer. Um, Lemony, lightly hoppy, dry, and just gorgeous. Just a beautiful beer. Um, So that's been my close second so far. Um, I love that one. Okay, some other ones I want to talk about. Uh, The Velton's Pilsner is a classic that is imported here to the States. Sometimes I get a little bit of that Heineken funk vibe, which I know you're going to talk about, Kenneth. But Velton's Pilsner I love. So you can find that one. That's a classic. All right, so some other ones, some local ones. The Bearded Iris Pep Talk. Incredibly light, yet... Flavor-wise, kind of tropical. Has some passion fruit, um, key lime to it, and that's something that they're super proud of. So the pep talk from Bearded Iris, incredible. Southern Grisp has one that has been kind of tough to find, but having tried it, definitely one of the best Pilsners ever brewed in the state of Tennessee, Southern Crisp. So if you find that one, check that one out. Incredible. Got to go back to my uh, to my kinfolk in Denver, Crooked Stave Von Pilsner. So this is one of the first kind of more mass market beers that Crooked Stave made. They're uh, Keller Pilsner, pretty intense for a Pilsner. A little bit more on the bitter and dry side, but a lovely bouquet in that one. Love that one. You got... Um, the another one of my favorites, so it's not a Pilsner per se, it's more a Kolsch, but the Gaffel Kolsch, which is newly available in Nashville, you can find it around town. It's the kind of the ultimate Kolsch from Cologne, and you know, lightly bitter, bready, lovely. That's been a favorite of mine on the light side. And then the uh, what was the one we were just gonna you talk? know what I really like, dude? Yes, sir. This uh, uh, brew dog, it's a Cincinnati brewery. They actually, I think they have, I think their stick is they, they open two breweries at the same time in Scotland and in Cincinnati, Ohio. The Lost Lager, which is a dry hopped uh, Pilsner, it's freaking amazing. And it comes in 16-ounce cans, Mike. My requirement, not always, for a Pilsner is a can so that I can control the temperature. And I will, mind you, I, I drink Pilsners both warm and cold. Uh, Smith & Lentz was another one I wanted to mention, local brewery. They make amazing Pilsners and do really well with lighter-style, German-style uh, beers over there. So wanted to mention them. What's your favorite large market Pilsner, we'll say, f- from Europe and from the USA? Uh, I'd probably say Tecate. Nice. Light with that snappy, dry finish. I mean, it's just amazing. Um, only thing is, 
Tecate can be, I think, a little bit of an unfair situation, similar to tequila in that a lot of times with Tecate, I'll dunk the can in like some salt and squeeze some lime over it, which I figure is just sort of unfair if I did that to Coors, which I actually, yeah, I've done that to Coors, and it makes every beer better. You tap, you tap the roof of the can. Yeah. In salt. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Just tecate means like you dress it. You know, you dress it in salt. You add some lime. Even that's without like, that, uh, it's incredible. That's a typical like American pills. A lot of American pills, not all of them, but like a lot of the like large market American pilsners use. A, they use a lot of like corn and rice as opposed to European pilsners. Yeah, and I will say there's a brewery in Denver, Colorado, Great Divide. They make an incredible rice beer called Samurai. It's kind of their Sapporo style, and it is incredible. Um, so I definitely recommend that one. If you if you ever find Great Divide Samurai, that's a great one. Um, what is your favorite mass market macro Pilsner? The New World or Old World, Mike? Uh, I want to hear both. Because I have... Give me New World. Of course. Coors Light, of course. Like, yeah, that's tough to beat. The the Silver Bullet, the uh, the movie, they're not unionized yet, but it's yeah, like a lot of rice and a lot of corn, just like every other American mass market pilsner. You know, like it's the hydrating one. I wouldn't take it per se on a hike or just doing layups by myself. That's the beer that I would drink. You know what? I'll let you in on a little secret about Coors Light. All right, and I've never said this on the podcast. I've held it back, and I'm sorry, but I do have something to reveal as a Colorado, Coloradoan. What? I know it's corn syrup. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about that. No, I don't. I don't. I don't need that negative energy. What I am talking about is this: if you're from Colorado and you grew up in Colorado, you can go camping. You can go into the higher elevations from wherever you settle. Assuming you're not in settling in some of the higher elevations, you can go into some of these higher higher elevations and take along some 12 packs of Coors Light, and you can get to the perfect point of elevation. A lot of times it's like 7,000 feet where beer doesn't affect you, and you can drink as many Coors Lights as you want, and the beer does not affect you. But that's just... You have to have spent a lot of time in Colorado to make that happen. So people from there will get what I'm saying. I know we have some listeners out there, and I want to give a little. I want to throw a little wink. I know about the the Coors Light thing, and it's just that that, that basically you're taking the beer back to the source because a lot of the key tasting notes of Coors Light come from those high elevations where the water is just flowing down and has yet to be filtered as much by the by the rocks from which the water will flow. And if you're at that elevation, if you're at that high elevation, it's like the water starts talking to the air and the alcohol doesn't affect you. How about that? Yeah, sure. I mean, I imagine there's something <laughs> in there with the... Uh, it's like terroir, the man. And that's really just a note to all the mask deniers and the people who don't think masks are going to work. I thought I'd offer my own little pseudoscience and everyone who doesn't want to wear a mask, I want you to go try that. Go to the Rocky Mountains, go as high as you can, drink as much beer and uh, see if what I said is true. That's what I would like you to do. So 
that was our pseudoscience corner for today. With the air. Wow. Where'd we go? Are we still talking? Yeah, okay. We're still talking Pilsner. Yeah, um, so, uh, yeah, the old world, my favorite. Yeah, give me your old world. My, my, my favorite old world Pilsner, you can ask Darren, his opinion is the same, is Heineken. Darren, are you that big of a Heineken fan? I love that shit. <laughs> it's just because, like, we both grew up in the South, and uh, when when our parents drank beer, but were celebrating something, Heineken was just like the the only thing that was available that was exotic and not too pricey. So we kind of connected when we were we were out there camping and. We had a good day as opposed to a lot of bad days. Heineken just tastes exotic when you're growing up or when you're starting out yeah. drinking beer. It's like, what is this? And you I think what? when you're used to pounding beers, you're feeling like, I'm about to pound some beers. And then somebody gives you Keystone Light or Coors Light or something like that. And you're like, yeah, I better pound these because uh, I'm not tasting a whole lot. But then somebody gives you a Heineken and you're like, oh, I better slow down. Yeah, dude. This tastes like you know a carbonated drank, joint uh, right here. You know who I drank a uh, Heineken with one time? Um, Pete Sampras. No. Dr. J. Hip-hop musician. Okay. Yes. Hip-hop musician? Hey, Old Dirty Bastard. Hey, <laughs> no, one him. Go ahead. Raekwon. <laughs> nope. Uh, no. Flavor Flav. <laughs> None other than... KRS-One. <laughs> Run from Run DMC. Oh, damn. Wow. And he drinks them with an olive. Or he did. Wait. Heineken with an olive? An aristocrat. Heineken with an olive. Always. Huh. I challenge you to try it. All right. I'll try it. I'll, I'll try anything with an olive. Well, that was Pills in a Roundup. All right. I feel like we could have gone on the whole episode. All right. So moving on. Uh, a lot of folks here in town with... The shutdown sort of reappearing a little bit and folks shifting to ever more um, curbside takeout options and things like that. We've got our friends at Black Dynasty Ramen that do amazing stuff. We wanted to give them a shout out and Bar Sovereign and Gabe down there. And what they're doing, they're doing some great to-go cocktails. I've had amazing stuff from Lachlan Table, their, their curbside stuff, and I've had... Um, Susie Wong knocks it out of the park right now if you want to get carry out or delivery Susie Wong you're right um, constantly blowing my mind a place that I forgot about a chef that I forgot about someone that I like didn't grow up with but really good friends of mine did all right and so on our liquid gold Instagram page we um threw a shout out as many people are doing all over Nashville to black businesses that matter Black businesses that we love to frequent and that you can... Black-owned businesses. Black-owned businesses you can spend your money at and that we just love day in and day out. So we wanted to talk about a few here on the show. So uh, going down this huge list that that is on our Instagram, I wanted to mention uh, Big Al's Deli. Big Al's Deli is in Salem Town, just a little bit north of Germantown. You always bug me about that place like, dude it's just an it, amazing place for breakfast lunch and an early dinner uh mostly like a midday spot meet and three and i think one of the things that's so amazing about that place is the beans 
and um, the beans that they make, they're just perfectly done and tasty, and they always have all these beautiful sides. The entrees change, um, but I had a country ham with beans and rice and just an amazing meal there the last time I was there. Um, I want to give them a shout out. Kenneth, you were going to talk, we were going to talk a little bit about Bolton's. You and I have had some great experiences there. I've had a few experiences there where I'll say, yeah, I'll take the medium hot or medium and she'll look at me and she'll look at my red hair and say, I don't know. Have you had medium hot before? No, I don't think I have. Oh, well, I'm not giving it to you this time. And so they kind of look out for you there at Bolton's. But uh, we love the the hot fish there. You were going to take it home, but like... (laughs) I didn't order it right. She didn't... Yeah. What she was telling you is you're not going to eat that here. Like, go home and eat it. And (laughs) go on the experience, like... Get your ass out of here and eat it. I mean, it's, it's a ticking time clock. The hot chicken, which, like, I don't really eat there. I always eat... I always eat Bolton's uh, hot fish. Oh, the hot fish is incredible. Yes. Yeah, it's a little bit more hydrating and uh, <laughs> hydrating. You know, like, it's just like less chews, less chews to get it down. But Bol- Bolton's anything is amazing, man. Like I, I probably had chicken and fish about even amount of times every side on the planet. Damn, my dad took me there for my. Uh, for my 21st birthday, actually. That's amazing. Shout out, Boltons. We love you. Get the hot fish. Just do it. And don't look back. All right. On the north of town, though, bro, like, I really, really love uh, Miss Hines' 400 Degrees Hot Chicken. Incredible spot. Yes, sir. She's down with our buddy Johnny Zone for from Howland Rays. Oh, yeah. In Los Angeles. She showed him the way. I want to go through some other ones here. We've got um, Silver Sands Cafe, which some folks were trying to raise some money and help them out. Silver Sands Cafe, try to support them there in uh, North Nashville. Slim and Husky's Pizzeria, they've got a big following. They they have amazing beer that they serve as well. And uh, check out that pizza they there. And wine too on date night. Oh, yeah. And wine. Great date night spot. If you can, uh, if you're in the position to maybe sit outside and have your date night and uh, no, do your social I, distancing date night to the point that I don't even want to talk about date night. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, Jamaica Way, that's a favorite of ours that we posted about. Um, Jamaica Way, one of the one of the best places to get just incredible oxtail. That slowly simmered and stewed oxtail. Jamaican style, Caribbean style, amazing um, rice and plantains, and beans, and just an amazing spot. Bailey and Cato is uh, is a favorite of ours. They've moved to Madison. You can find them on Gallatin Road in Madison. They are on that uh, northwest side of the street. They're by the Planet Fitness. Oh, and another one I wanted to talk about: Colonel's oh, Gourmet. Right there. Colonel's Gourmet Popcorn. On Gallatin, they serve the most amazing popcorn. We get it for gifts every year for Christmas and Thanksgiving. It's like a holiday thing, but their their popcorn is incredible. So check out Colonel's 
gourmet popcorn and you'll be blown away. And by the way, most of their varietals and flavors that they're that they've got over there go incredibly with bourbon, old fashions, Manhattans, in general, whiskey revelry and ice cream. Boom. And summer movies. So yeah, check out them as well. So we've got we've got plenty more businesses to spotlight here on Liquid Gold as well as Plenty of to-go reports from some of the restaurants and bars trying to make this whole curbside thing work. And uh, as we figure out some sort of way forward for the uh, restaurant and bar industry here in Nashville has been tough times. We've got plenty to keep reporting on. And uh, Kenneth, we're going to check in with you a little bit later for Booze News. Yeah, we got some interesting things here from Kentucky and from Oh, you're gonna be magazine. you're gonna be checking in from Kentucky on Booze News tonight. Is that right? Certainly, from from Lebanon, Kentucky, Mikey. All right, my man. Well, I will. We will. Uh, we will patch you in here shortly on Booze News here on Liquid Gold. We'll talk to you soon, brother. Thanks, Mike. Love you, buddy. Before we call Mr. Kenneth Edmund back into the fold for Booze News Summer 2020 Edition. You might hear some fireworks here in the night sky in the distance here in my neighborhood in Inglewood. But I did want to get into some Garden Teen content that we've got here as our gardens are going strong here, getting into uh, full-on summer here in Middle Tennessee. A lot of my neighbors here around uh, this part of town have beautiful tomatoes coming in and the corn is getting a little bit taller, tons of squash around I did want to mention, because a lot of my neighbors are doing this, if you're doing the bucket gardening, that has become such a thing this year, where people are using these uh, five-gallon buckets from Home Depot um, and planting tomatoes in it and uh, keeping those out in the driveway and just getting real creative with how they use their growing space. One thing to keep in mind with that is if you have a a five-gallon bucket that doesn't have plants in it, Save that to make your compost tea, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Before we get into compost tea, however, I'm going to mention that if you're doing the bucket gardening, one thing you want to watch out for, if you've got it out there in the driveway like a lot of people do or in uh, an area that gets enough sun but the bucket is sitting on concrete, you may need to be careful because some of those plants will get super hot as the temperatures go get up into the 90s, mid-90s. And you got those real fills around 104. You may need to move them into, if you have a yard, maybe move them into the yard to keep them a little bit cooler. As long as they're getting that uh, sunlight that they so need. But uh, that is one thing to watch out for. Your plant's getting too hot and stressed if you're doing the bucket gardening, which I've seen a ton of this year. I've never seen it as much as I have this year. So that's kind of cool. That's fun. Hey, however you can do it. I'm all for it. Um, This is also a good time to be clipping some herbs to dry so that you'll have, you know, say you're growing some parsley and thyme and basil and some of these things that are doing really well right now. You can cut some of those. They will keep growing throughout the summer. You could even take a few little stems off to the side, cut those, uh, start putting together a little bunch of herbs that you can dry in a well-ventilated area in your house, and that way you'll be able to have those herbs around as you're cooking Thanksgiving dinner. 
So this is a good time to cut some of your herbs back. I know a few of mine are just going too crazy that I've got to cut them back, hang them up to dry, and that way I've got a whole different flavor profile to play with when they're dry. Another thing that can be fun this time of year with all the vegetables flowering, your bean blossoms, your squash blossoms, your cucumber blossoms, obviously your uh, your borage and nasturtium, but you can really have fun using these flowers in your food and making delicious dishes and succotashes and some of these summer staples. And we talked about this on previous episodes, but I just wanted to remind you that if you're looking to, say, mess around and have some fun with your cucumber flowers or your squash blossoms or your bean blossoms. So with squash and cucumber, you'll notice that some of the blossoms that are coming off of these plants are very close to the plant itself. So you want to leave those blossoms because they are doing their best to become an actual vegetable. And um, they're, they're waiting for pollination and they are turning into vegetables for you. But the on cucumbers and squash especially, when you see that stem popping out and you see a beautiful flower forming from the stem that's protruding off the plant, those are your males and you can pick those and eat them, use them in salads, use them in dishes. You can do the Oaxacan uh, squash blossom quesadilla which is phenomenal. So I wanted to mention that. And then I've been growing Scarlet Runner beans and the blossoms on those, these beautiful red blossoms, and they are incredible, super delicious, probably better than the beans themselves. However, they don't, they don't go as far, but those have been delicious for me. All right. So let's talk a little bit about compost tea here. This is one thing that this time of year, when you're looking to kind of supercharge your growth and make your plants stronger, so if you've got corn that is starting to get taller, but it's sort of uh, falling over to the side a little bit, or it's falling off to the side, not as strong as you might like it to be, your tomatoes are having a hard time standing up, that's the strength of your, your roots, the strength of the plant itself, and compost tea can really help bolster those, uh, those plants. So... You need compost and water. Those are really the two things that you need. And we're going to talk about an easy method, probably the easiest one that I know of. If you have a five-gallon bucket, that makes it really easy. So you can fill your five-gallon bucket almost to the top. You want to leave about six inches of space at the top of your bucket. And you're adding water to let that water sit for about 24 hours. That will eliminate the chlorine in the water. It will uh, dissipate. And then you can add your compost. And the easy ratio that we're going with here is one large shovelful of compost to five gallons of water. That's the basic ratio that you're looking for. Um, And you do want to get the water in your bucket first, let it sit out for 24 hours, then add the compost, stir that and let that sit, let that brew over the course of four or five days to a week. Stir it occasionally. And then if you're going to be using a spray attachment, you could strain that out, strain it into another bucket or a another vessel of some sort. And then you could use your spray attachment to spray that all over your garden. But probably the easiest way is just to add those, to add that compost tea around the roots of your plants to really uh, let them soak in, let all those nutrients go in. 
And uh, compost tea is really easy to make and one of the most beneficial ways to help help your growth, help the strength of your plants, help the production of your vegetables and fruits. So that's compost tea, a little quick little primer for you. I've been making compost, but I've also in the past, earlier this spring, gotten some compost from the Compost Co., the compost company. They're based in Ashland City. They sell some great products down at Gardens of Babylon, as well as there's Earth Mix Worm Castings, and you can make compost tea with worm castings as well. That can be if you're having to buy compost or uh, worm castings. The worm castings are usually a little bit cheaper than compost. So both will do wonders for your plants and really strengthen your garden. And this is a good time of year to do it. So send us some uh, emails, send us some messages, our email liquidgoldpod at gmail.com. And we'd love to hear how your compost tea brewing is going. And we'll probably even post a few pictures on our Instagram of some compost tea for my garden because it's starting to get hot out there. And I feel like my plants could use a little strengthening, a a little good food from the earth. All right, now with the dispatch, he is back in Nashville proper, and we've got a dispatch from our man. It's time for booze news. That was almost Wayne's World, but this is booze news from Kenneth Dedman right here on Liquid Gold, summer 2020. <laughs> man, that drum roll, Mike, uh, it always takes the wind out of my sails tell you okay here we go popular target of ours here at booze news bullet bourbon has announced the 2021 opening of their lebanon kentucky facility a 130 million dollar state-of-the-art facility for making whiskey it's been financed by parent company diageo with the intention of being carbon neutral which right now I'll take any good news I can get. Um, So sardonic and dark when I look at things these days. So um, said facility uh, is estimated to displace about 120,000 metric tons of carbon. Sounds like a lot. And I believe it because they got electrode boilers that are lit by LED lights hooked to motion sensors. If you happen to be flying over in a helicopter, um, they got a shitload of solar panels over there, too. Pretty cool. Now, all of this news comes on the heels of the ousting of Tom Bullitt, the brand's founder, amidst allegations of abuse by his daughter, Hollis Bullitt, who is uh, also a veteran employee of the company, former veteran employee of the company. Uh, According to our legal team, that being Darren, we can't really comment too much on this. Um, Being that there are a lot of lawyers involved in this and a lot of lawsuits flying around, and Kenny just can't afford it right now. So um, I'm going to put a sock in my mouth and move on to a really, really great article in Forbes magazine right now. We'll call it an expose. In case you were wondering, what the heck happened to Marianne Eves, a former master distiller at Castle and Key, 
distillery, the old Taylor distillery. Very, very beautiful complex. Well, um, Marianne's doing fine. She has no less than five consulting, tasting, distilling projects that she's under contract for right now. Now, one of them, uh, Peyton Manning and Andy Roddick's brand, Sweet and Cove, kind of is stealing all of the news here, which I think she's just fine with. One of the best parts of the uh, the article is um, the writer Fred Minnick's speculation that Marianne is slowly easing into the whiskey ambassador um, job that was done so well by the late great uh, Dave Pinkerel. I am excited to hear this because she is, number one, incredibly astute in the world of whiskey, number two, a really great personality, and and that's really all you need to sell whiskey. Um, you try not to piss people off. You just leave it for me to do. Now, Peyton Manning's brand, Sweetens Cove, which is named after a golf course in South Pittsburgh, Tennessee, it's going to come in at a kind of a hefty price. It's right around $200. Might be hard to find right off the bat, too. Um, I say just be patient. It's probably going to be around for a while. Uh, it's apparent. It's it's obvious that Peyton Manning did his homework when he was setting up this brand. So I don't think that it's a one-and-done sort of thing that you see out of out of a lot of celebrities that, that forcibly profit off of just their name trending. So if you don't really want to spend $200 on the asking price for Sweetens Cove, you do still have options if, you, if you're if you looking for some of that whiskey juice that Marianne Barnes has produced. Now, um, Pinhook, Pinhook Whiskey has a new expression. Uh, it's their Bohemian expression by name. It's a blend of 100 barrels that were distilled, aged, and blended at um, at the Castle and Key Distillery. A lot of people have been knocking um, Pinhook without tasting it. I've 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 loved almost all of their products that they've put out, and I also like their owner Sean Joseph. See, their their uh, co-owner slash master taster. That guy is great. He's the real deal, and I'll tell you why he's the real deal. When I first met him, he made sure that he shook my hand. He handed me his card and asked me to throw it away. And I knew the joke. It's an old punk rock joke when you're passing out flyers and no one wants to take a flyer. You start saying weird shit so that they'll they'll grab it and they'll remember it. Well, I grabbed it and I forgot it. My fault. Um, I put it in my pocket, though, and I took my stinky jeans home and I threw them in the wash when I was hanging them up to dry. Sean's card fell out and I was like, huh. This guy is uh, pretty sure of himself, or else he wouldn't spend this kind of money on his card. You remember that shit. Thanks, Sean. Peace. All right, thanks a lot to Kenneth Dedman for his booze news reporting right here on Liquid Gold. We own this town.net. We own this town podcast network. want to thank Michael Eads, our producer, and the music, Upright T-Rex Music. Jess Matchin does the artwork and our Liquid Gold logo. And we're going to be doing some other projects with her in the next few months that we'll be talking about. And looking ahead to the calendar, we are going to talk to Robert Longhurst from Red Eye Rye Whiskey. He has got a lot going on through the pandemic. He has been uh, 
kind of building up his business, getting ready to open up a new tasting area, event space, bar, downtown. So he is forging ahead with that at some point, depending on how all the phases go and all that. He's looking to get it open in July, depending on the situation. So we look forward to a sit-down talk with him soon, as well as another surprise whiskey personality. We've got Agave Month coming up in August, and so much fun content to come here on Liquid Gold. We're doing what we can with this uh, pandemic. Do be safe out there. Probably want to avoid the bars downtown as they seem to want to just uh, sue the city of Nashville in order to stay open and do things that fly in the face of science and what all the health professionals are telling us, which is stay clear crowds, wear your mask, congregate outside if you need to see your friends, and social distancing is key. So that's the only way we're going to slow the spread of this virus. So stay safe out there. Keep your mask on. Got to mention, got to throw a shout out to my folks at Turner Publishing. You can find my book, Garden to Glass, Grow Your Drinks from the Ground Up at turnerpublishing.com as well as The Bookshop in East Nashville. They've got it. You can order from them. Parnassus Books here in Nashville. So plenty of options. Also, bookshop.org is an online store where you can help to benefit your local bookstores by purchasing through them online as well. All right, lots more to come here on Liquid Gold. We've also got the Summer of Shots content. So we've got some fun shots episodes that we're going to do going back to some of the just dumb and fun drinks like we did Sex on the Beach last time. Who knows what we've got for this next episode of Shots, but it will be fun, I can tell you that. All right, from all of us at Liquid Gold, my name's Mike Wolf. We'll see you next time.